but like that I have the capacity to love and that I have the capacity to hold space for other people and to show them love and to live this life where I'm trying to be a positive influence like it's crazy to me because I feel like I should be angry all the time you know what I'm yeah. saying like I, I want to I'm I am angry sometimes when I really think about stuff like I feel cheated like yo, I could have been this person had I been nurtured or loved in this way or if I would have had the support at that stage that critical stage at this point and I didn't and so now I'm like you know what I mean yeah. like I'm mad yeah. so I'm walking around with that but at the same time hosting these mics and providing these spaces for other people and they're coming in with their issues and their brokenness and I'm I'm like nah you could lead out all at the door because you're welcome here and I need yeah. you to experience this and I need you to feel this but really it's me just like actively practicing giving away the love that I want to receive or that I wish that I had received so like that's what's keeping me afloat Hey, Recreators, this is Nick, and you're listening to the Life Recreated Podcast. It's a show that dives into learning, healing, and growing in mind, body, and spirit. And each week, we tackle the difficult conversations so that we can learn how to fully walk in the freedom as a new creation. So if you're ready to learn, let's dive in. Hey, what's going on? This is Nick back with Life Recreated, and it's all about learning, healing, and growing. Got an exciting guest with me today, Mr. Q5. That's right. Yes, sir. I'm in yes, the house. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> Hampton Rose, baby. Hampton Rose. So we're in here. Um, and we're just going to dive into a conversation, man. I, I reached out to him um, just about, you know, talking about, and this segment is really kind of focusing on, you know, men and their healing journey and the things that they have experienced and that they're going through and my hopes in this type of segment is to you know just make that conversation more available you know yeah. what i'm saying to be able to say okay yeah other men are dealing with these different things and they're going through those things and just making it available so that's what we're going to jump into today man Word. yeah yo so let me start let me start from, from are you originally from here nah where are you from originally uh new york long island long um, island okay uh was born in the bronx grew up in amityville um moved here when I was like 16, going on 17, or maybe 17. Oh, already. wow. So you was like a teenager, like, yeah. Yeah. Junior year of high school, I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. I was, I was, yo, my, my junior year, I was like, I had the plans to be the man. And yeah. then I just got yanked out yanked of the out. system. Yeah. Like, yo, I was like, yo, yeah. I'm about to go out for the play <laughs> next year. I'm about to be in the musical. I'm about to be singing, doing my thing. I was in chorus, teachers, you know what I'm saying? I was cool. I wasn't like the popularist, but, you know, I was, I was up on a list somewhere. I was in the top like 50 or 30 or something. Teachers loved me. I was good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I just got yanked out the system and thrown in some new thing. But I've always been able to adapt and adjust. So, uh, it worked out, but that's man. good. So sixteen, what, what, why, why come down to this area? Like, what was my the pet? Reason? My mom's. She wanted to move. The the wild part was that one of her best friends, um, and her her best friend had mad sons, and we all grew up together. Like we would play at each other's houses and stuff. But she moved down here to Chesapeake, and she came down here to visit her and love the area and we literally got a house like in the neighborhood down the street from them oh really dang dang yeah, so it was like, like that That's yeah crazy. it was like that so was it somewhere she was like y'all y'all were trying to get out of new york or just 
I, I don't even know the story. I think yeah. she had a desire to leave probably and the opportunity just presented itself around that time. But I was just like, yo, let me finish high school. Like finish I was trying school, to yeah. find a way to like stay with my like brother and sister-in-law or like my cousin or something. Like, yo, let me finish here. Like we already like I'm halfway through, you know what I'm saying? And she was like, it's not happening. So like I just remember getting here and like walking through the threshold of my new house, which was like huge in comparison to where we live in New York, da da da. But like walking through the door and like tear just dropped out my face and she was like, What you crying for? And I was like, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's not home, but it, it became home eventually. But yeah, that yeah, that was <laughs> I just remember that that that's tough, man. That Denzel Glory tear coming out my <laughs> eye. Like, are you serious? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly like it. But it was yeah. an opportunity, so I had to take advantage. But you know, it's interesting about that. So I had I moved around a lot when I was growing up. Word. And so like we had I went to like three different elementary schools, two different middle schools, and three different high schools. Sheesh. Yeah. So I can imagine like if you were did you basically grow up with in the one same, place, yeah. Yeah, the in same, one yeah, place. One so place, like so, yeah. I've known these kids, these same people, my friends, since we was like kindergarten, so five, six years yeah. old. I'm 16 going on 17 now. You just yanking me away from now. I was like, yo, come on, man. Let me just do these two years. I'll meet y'all up there. Yeah, like, I'm going to come through afterwards. <laughs> they were here. not having it. How did, that, how did that make you feel like towards your parents for that, though? Were your, were your mom and dad still together? Are they yeah, still together? Uh, they're not together now, no. Okay. But, <laughs> but at the time, um, yeah, they were, I mean, they were together and things was moving. I, I was mad. I mean, you know, as much as you could be a teen and have that angst, had it all. I was like, yo, come on, man. Again, like I said, I I knew I was like in my head at my junior year, I was going to be the man. And it was wild because like she was trying to move us actually in the spring semester of my sophomore year. Like, but she ended up letting us finish the school year and then we moved in the fall. During the summer, yeah, so yeah. I was like, thank you for at least for that. But like right when she was trying to initially move us, you know what I'm saying? It was tryouts for the musical. You know what I'm saying musical was a big thing in our school, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and it was the whiz. And I was gonna go out for the whiz, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like I was like, oh, I'm not gonna try because we supposed to be moving like any day now or something. And then last minute she was like, nah, we're not going out. I didn't try out and like Yo, the Wiz, it was the Wiz, and the Wiz was white. It was this white kid. No offense to him. I don't remember his name. But it's the Wiz. But I definitely sang (laughs) way better than him, and I was like, that could have been me. Yeah. So, like, I have, like, regrets to this day. Like, I, like, what a, yo, it it burns me up. I'm like, yo, because I went, and my best friend was the Scarecrow. Right. And he ate it up, because he's he's a beast like that. He could sing his face off. Shout out to Carl. But I was like, the guy that played the Wiz was trash. Yeah. Sorry if anybody from my high school is watching this or hears this in the future. No, no disrespect to that guy. I don't know that man. Now I'm playing. I knew him at the time. I don't remember his name now, but you can't do the whiz and the whiz is white. Yeah, yeah, come on, it's the whiz. It's the whiz and he lives in us. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, son. They messed it up. I had to direct the whiz once. See the the connections, bro. Like you didn't even know what you was getting into when you invited (laughs) me. And that was the craziest play I ever had to direct. It was at the church that we were at. And I was like kind of like the drama team leader and stuff like that. And so I remember like doing, man, I mean, talk about that's a lot of work. A church production put, of the Wiz. Yeah. Yeah. That's something else. Yeah. yeah I didn't so. even know you could do that. <laughs> I didn't know you could a do that. A church production of the Wiz. Yo, you got video of that? <laughs> Oh, yeah, actually, I, I might, I might have some. I'll, I'll see if I got it. I'll see if I got it because we put in a lot of work for that. This man, man that said, crazy. "When I think of home, I think of a place." Hallelujah. 
Hey, but it was good though. Yeah. I mean, it turned out good, man. It turned out good. Probably one of the best. I, I, I've, I've like directed a couple of plays there and slight like flex. Christmas play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slight yeah. flex. I directed a couple of plays. <laughs> a no bit. big deal. You know what I'm saying? I just, just what I felt like doing on a Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. So, that's it, man. So look, so you moved down here, right? It's your your sophomore year. Where'd you go to high school at out here? Oscar Smith. Oscar Smith, got gotcha. Tigers in the building. They was known for football back then, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, Still gotcha. kind of. They you know, fell off a little bit in the last like two or three years. But I feel like around the time I was in high school was like the building of it. And then like right after we all left, that's when they started like racking up championships oh, okay, and becoming gotcha. like ranked. But like the groundwork the was laid when we was there. You know what I'm saying? I didn't play, but I'm talking like I was on a team. You feel me? Like, there you go. That's it, man. So, yeah. All right, that's cool, man. Yeah, because my wife, she's from the area. She went to um, she went to where's she going? Boo! It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter. No, so yeah, this man's like, dormant. yo, he's never invited back to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So you graduate with Oscar Smith. Then what? What do you do after? Because how old are you now? Thirty six. Thirty six. Okay. Surprise. There you go, man. Older than I look. It doesn't crack. Yeah, there you go. That's I just it. turned fourteen yesterday. No, I just playing. turned forty last year. Get out. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be forty one this year, man. So. Surprise! It's he true. Looks like he's twenty six, <laughs> exactly. a tall twenty six year old. <laughs> it, um, but now nah, I graduated from Smith after Smith. Um, did a little bit of college, didn't graduate. Went to Hampton, um, and didn't really know myself, but like was trying to make my way through the world. Did a, a scholarship with the Navy ROTC, and, uh, just trying to pay for school. Wasn't really my bag, but I was like, yo, I'm a tough it out and just try to, you know what I mean? Cause I know like I didn't, I wasn't, not that I wasn't going to get that support, but kind of wasn't going to get the support from home or they didn't have the ability to pay for college, let alone going to Hampton private institution, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, the program ended up just not being for me and it kind of drove me into a depression, flunked out basically all kinds of stuff. It's a long story, but long story short, like I didn't graduate from college. I did do like one year at night at Norfolk state, and like, I just never went back. So like, I'm out here just making the most out of life with no degree. But <laughs> you know saying like that, you know, a lot of people. I mean, yeah. I think that you know, like we, especially in our culture, in our society now, bro. I don't think that like what you can learn outside of like formal education. I got real life experience. That's what I'm saying. saying. <laughs> no, but it, but it's real though. Yeah. Like, cause you know, like I, cause my story was kind of kind of similar when I graduated high school. I went to to community college for like a year and I was like, yo, this ain't, I can't do it no more. Like these people are telling, like, it just, it didn't make any sense to me. So then I was like, all right, well, I'm joining the military. So I went to the military and I didn't, I I just finished my degree in 2018 just cause like they were paying for me yeah. to go to school. So it's, uh, I think in our society, man, I don't know, man, I don't get There's it. There's a lot of emphasis on going to college, but like, I think you, like when you come, like after you kind of do it, if you go to school a little bit and then you out, you're like, it's kind of a scam. Yeah. All right. I said that kind of like try to play it off like little. It's kind of <laughs> no, a scam. No. But like, yeah, like, yo, you can learn a trade and probably make more sometimes or just learning a trade or or finding like your thing that you're passionate about and finding a way to work that angle. Like, I mean, more power to the people that get their degrees and everything. But like school isn't for everybody. And and that's not even to say it wasn't for me. I I thought it was. I was extremely intelligent, you know what I'm saying, as a as a young warthog and like um I mean like I graduated like top thirty in my class, all of that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but 
it's definitely a different look when you're in college. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're like, yo, read chapter one. And chop- they don't tell you chapter one is like 50 pages. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? Exactly, and that yeah. doing homework is going to be like four hours. Four hours, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's going to be like an hour and a half with each subject like that you have, that you have homework in and all that. But, and that also that like girls in college are going to get their work done. Like, you think it's all funny games, but they're getting their work done. You out here trying to like be the cool guy, but like they're getting their work done. So yeah. you need to focus. Like if I had to tell young a young me or a young guy right now like yo get your work done play later like the girls and all the fun stuff will be there like because they're getting their work done and they're still doing fun stuff but like guys we don't be focused but i'm getting off on a tangent but <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know what i mean like um it was just a different experience but i i know i know better now but i'm also like not necessarily in that space like oh i want to go back to school now like i should but you know trying to um make some stuff make my way gotcha in my own way like yeah. i knew i was like I, when i left uh, that program i was like I, I was saying to myself while i was in a program i'm gonna be a leader but this isn't the way i'm about to lead this isn't it yeah and yeah. so i feel like i'm a leader in many other ways now you know what i'm saying outside of being like yes sir no sir you know what i'm saying and right 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 being suited up you know what i'm saying no disrespect to anybody in the military it was a great program if you could hunch it like do it and it's wild because all the cats i was in the program with most of them did jrotc in high school so they knew the vibes already mm, yeah, i was you. coming into a cold turkey yeah, like yeah, didn't yeah, know yeah. nothing so i was it's a it's a big learning curve yeah i was especially a bag. when you're a little older <laughs> like that yeah. yeah i was a bag of butt you know what i'm saying yeah. keeping it clean but like yeah i was a bag of butt in there like and the homies was all coming from programs where they had jrotc and they was in it so they was tight and together and i was showing up you know what i'm saying a couple <laughs> couple wrinkles in the uniform and like barely making it to you know what i'm saying call on time i forget what they call it but when you got to get up mad early and we had like pt at like 5 a.m and then you got an 8 a.m class you sleep in there because you it's just a lot. It's a ran lot, three miles around the school and it's, did you know what i mean so yeah, yeah it's a lot and I, was, I was trying to go to school for journalism bro broadcast journalism school of, scripts Howard school of journalism at hu shout out to hu like and they had me in there. I had to take their classes before I could even sign up for for regular classes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm taking like the history of naval warfare, and we're studying like battleship movements from 1865. <laughs> what does this have to do with my life right now? I just yeah, yeah, I just exactly. wanted to write at the time. I, I was like, yo, I want to be a journalist. I want to write. I want to do X Y Z. So I I couldn't see it. You know what I mean? But it was that the, that was the main thing that you wanted to do was be a journalist at the time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I always uh, what inspired grab- that. I always gravitated towards like creative writing, you yeah. know what I'm saying? The English class. I was I was always killing it, you know what I'm saying? We're like creative writing. Anything that when they let us just do our thing, like I usually flourished at that. Like I don't necessarily like critiques or boundaries, I found out, you know what I'm saying? Like even like if you go back like my third grade report, I was like, Quentin does not like criticism. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I never liked being pigeonholed or whatever. I just always wanted to do what I wanted to do. So it just hit a little different. But um the wild part was just that, like, getting in that program, you kind of have to adhere to what they teach you. So I did feel, but I was interested, and I was like, you know what, I want to be the guy that does this, the evening news or something, because that was a thing. Like, I remember my pops, like, we used to watch um, the nightly news with Brian Jennings. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yeah, that could be me. I could do that. Like, good evening. I'm Quinn Jennings. It's Sherman. Welcome to <laughs> yeah. ABC News. You know what I'm saying? I thought I was going to be that guy or or some sort of writer for like a for Vibe or, you know what I'm saying, the source or something. And, you know, 
but I, I also am a procrastinator, so deadlines probably weren't really my thing, and that's probably a huge part of being a journalist. Yeah, yeah, getting <laughs> things on time. So, yeah. so you don't think that you could still that that could be something you could still pursue, or what? I haven't been actively writing, at least in that way, like as far as like you know, uh, publications or like long form things in a long time. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm rusty. I would definitely have to gotcha. kind of get my writing back up to scratch. Not even to say I was that great at the time, but I think I had the vision for it or like the the aptitude to to be taught how to you know get in those lanes, but. It's possible maybe I could build something from just writing and speaking in my own voice and doing it now. But like as far as like having a formal training, probably not. But um yeah. but yeah, could definitely probably think the stuff that I think of and write down sometimes is worthy to be heard or read. Yeah. But I also know that like if somebody has to edit it, like I'm gonna be mad because I'm like, yo, I said it the way I meant to say it. Like, only check it for grammatical stuff. Like, that's how I feel. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, you, I feel you. Just check me for and grammatical. You, th- you think that goes back to the whole criticism thing? Like, not like in the Pro- criticism? probably, yeah. but but you know what's wild? It's also like now being older, I'm like, I'm open to criticism. I'm like, yo, because I want to get better. I want to be better at things. Yeah. But um, but in the back of my mind, it's still like, nah, I said what I said. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> but. But uh, so it's it's always a process to kind of to learn and grow. But I'm in a space now where I want to learn and grow. So I'm like, yo, if you could teach me something, if you do it better than I could do it, give me the, you know what I'm saying, the ABC so that I can walk through it and and move accordingly and and become greater from it. Gotcha. So with that that you just said, what do you think was a shift that caused you to start thinking like that? You know, because when we're younger, like you even mentioned before, like we feel like nobody can really correct us. Nobody can tell us like what we need to know, you know? So then as you're getting older to make a statement like that, like, okay, I'm in a space where if I need to be corrected, I need to be helped. Yeah. I'm willing and and open to that. What do you think that shift was for you that happened? One, I think is getting older. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like with the, with the, all right, you didn't have to, (laughs) you 40. What's up? Since you try to be funny, you 40, bro. The whole 40 piece. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey just gonna holler out my age but it's cool i'm 36 i wear that but nah <laughs> you ain't know what you was getting into when you invited no, me it. surprise <laughs> nah but um i think it i think uh just the wisdom that comes with getting older one yeah. you know what i'm saying and then two like realizing that you want better for yourself and the only way to get that is to stop uh being so guarded or having that wall up to being criticized or to being corrected. I saw a meme today that was like, um, it was like something like to the effect of like, to tell you the truth, like our moms were right. We just didn't like the tone of their voices Mm -hmm. type thing. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's that like realizing that like, okay, like, yeah. What you were saying, I see it. You know what I'm saying? I just couldn't hear it at the time right. because I was young and dumb or young and immature or whatnot. I definitely wasn't dumb. Pause. Definitely wasn't dumb, but yeah. I was extremely smart. And I also feel like I was punished for my intelligence. But that's a side that's yeah. a whole side thing. Trauma. But um <laughs> but yeah, like just growing and experiencing more life, you realize that like, yo, you can't go further by yourself. So you have to acquire knowledge from people that are wiser than you yeah. and, and, and places and situations. And you have to start changing your perception towards how you look at things. You know what I'm saying? Like, as opposed to being like, Oh my God, what was me? This is happening to me. Or as opposed to looking at it, like 
hmm, why is this happening or what can I learn from this experience and how can it make me better? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like the, even though I don't necessarily outright think like that every time, all the time, but that's the kind of outlook I want to have to stuff is more so like the solution based or like the, um, just the analytical, like, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this, this moment in this space so that I could take what I know and use it to help the next person. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm definitely of the, the school of thought that nothing is happening to me for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm very open book with my life. Like I share, I share 90% of what I'm going through in an effort to one process it, but two help somebody in the process because really a lot of us are dealing with a lot of the same things, but nobody talks about it because yeah, yeah. nobody's willing to expose themselves or be, be the person that's, you know what I'm saying? The yeah. guy that's out and about, you know what I mean? And I think in a lot of ways I'm willing to do that. There's some stuff I keep close to the chest, like just like super, 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 super. Per- I won't even say super personal because I share super personal stuff, but uh, just, you know, just certain things. I'm like, all right, like maybe my dating life or something. I keep that to myself, but like everything else, yo, I voted for such and such. <laughs> I'm just all like, yo, <laughs> yeah. I'm going through this. I was depressed, but yeah. like, who you dating? Nah, that's personal, bro. Don't ask me about that. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I don't yeah. know. But yeah. that's just an example. So it's like, you know, just, just wanted to be better. And I think the older I'm getting, the more I'm learning, like I can't just maneuver through the world and think that uh, I could do a solo dolo and not need anybody. Cause we all need somebody, but I'm also like running off of the, the models that I was shown. You know what I'm saying? Growing up and being adopted and all these X, Y things, X, Y, Z things that happened or, you know what I'm saying? That I saw that kind of modeled that, like, I don't need anybody or that stoic, I don't want to say facade because it's what, you know what I'm saying? It's just the the chosen presentation. So, yeah. yeah. Or you think you got that from like your dad or is it more? Uh, I know probably... I got mine from my dad. My dad, I've only seen my dad cry twice. Sheesh twice and what were the two occasions two occasions was the first one when we lost a house of foreclosure and i remember him like walking through the door and like realizing like what was going on because it was a situation i was i was older i was like 18 still in the house and um i remember i remember the Broward sheriff's i I grew up in Broward, like fort lauderdale area so i i remember the Broward sheriff's office knocking on the door and i thought I, I thought I was getting in trouble, like, because mm. I'm like, all right, damn, like, I'm thinking in my head, like, what did I do? What is going on? Yada, yada, because I was a knucklehead back then. And so this dude was serving us papers, like eviction papers. And this is the first, like, now I'm under, like, I'm 18 now. So I'm like, wait a second, I understand, like, what's going on. But nobody ever has, nobody said anything about it. So it just hit us. And we were just like, yo, what do we do? So I remember just, like throwing stuff in bags and like just crazy yeah. stuff, like loading up a U-Haul. And I remember my dad walking in bro and just being like, he, he like, he like fell back up against the wall and just slid to the floor, bro. Damn, just, not to slide down the wall. Yeah, like slide down the wall. It's bro. real when the person slide down the wall. I'm, I'm trying telling to you, man, say this as cleanly as possible, but it's real. It, it's real. Yeah, it's definitely real. And I remember, crying, down the wall. Sheesh. I remember him crying and being like it just now looking back on it, like as a man now having a family, like yeah. I look he, at he it was and I'm feeling like, it. yo, yeah. that's like a, it was, but what, what I, I can say about that is just to add on it. It's also encouraging. Cause I know where he's at now. Right. Right. And I know the success that he's experiencing now. And I know 
that moment too. So I yeah. just to see it. And he never gave up. That was the thing. Like my pops never, right. never gave up. Cause that wasn't the only time, you know right. what I mean? There so was that, that instilled a bunch of lessons in you. Oh, like, yeah. One, I never want this to happen to me too. Sure, bro. You know what I'm saying? Two, like, yo, you could get up from yeah. this and still succeed and still, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So like, and now, you know, it's interesting saying that though, it did end up happening to me. I lost my first house of foreclosure mm -hmm. kind of in the same way. And it was like, after having that experience, I was like, man, I, I sat back and I was like, dang, how did that, like, how did I allow my, especially seeing what I saw growing up? Yeah. Like, I was like, I should have made better moves. I should have kind of thought this through a little bit. So it gave me a lot of wisdom. Even when I bought like my house here. Yeah. I was this like, is a nice house, y'all. I, <laughs> I, like, I ain't seen all of it, but I saw most of it. <laughs> yeah. This man is living. Yeah. yeah. And I wasn't <laughs> going to pay market value for it. Cause I was like, man, if I get in that situation again, I don't want to be stuck. Like I got to have, so it taught me a lot of things, man. But that was the first time I seen him cry. And the second time was when I went to the Navy and he was like, he didn't think I was for real leaving for the military. Mm. And I left and he was just like, cause he thought I was going straight to war, bro. It was right when, right after nine 11, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So he is like, yo, these, these boys going to Iraq. So, but anyway, so that's I think I that's where we get our toughness from Word. is, uh, is kind of seeing it, seeing it modeled and, uh, you know, just, it just being an issue yeah. that, that, having to rely on models sometimes we don't always have the best models you know what i mean like so you kind of internalize things like without realizing it i was very much so like yo i don't need anybody because that's what i saw in my brother's model but like it was wild because again i was adopted and so when i look at it in hindsight it was almost like a pattern where like when you hit that 17 18 19 20 ish period like there would be some kind of big fallout and then it'd be like get out my house type thing so i was seeing like the older siblings kicked out and then when it came my time when i was around that age i got kicked out and like seeing us having to like seeing them having to fend for themselves in the world and like not feel welcomed or able to come home or whatever like all right so i don't need you i'm gonna do my own thing like when it happened to me then i was like right, i get it now like because but i was the little brother being like I need my older brother, like, where you at? But he had to maneuver and figure out how he was going to move through the world. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when it came my time, like, in hindsight, now I can give him a little bit more grace. But I was angry at the time because my actual blood brother, like, we were adopted together. You know what I'm saying? And I, we had other brothers as well. But, you know what I'm saying? My actual, actual brother, like, we were adopted together. So, like, when he got kicked out, like it was a large gap of space and there's like a seven or eight year age difference between us. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I was like 13. He was like, hmm, whatever, seven years. Is that? <laughs> he was six or seven years. So he was like 19, 19 20 ish, yeah. uh, probably 19. So I might've been 12 actually when it happened. So like, because of that, there were large gaps in our history together where I wasn't in contact with him or I didn't see him or didn't hear from him. Cause he was having to make it happen however he could, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Living in the streets or crashing at friends, whatever he was doing. And we just kind of like getting some of that time back now. And I, I got to do a better job of reaching out. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I tore him a new one about not calling me. You know what I'm saying? When I finally did get a good number from him, et cetera, et cetera. And, so, and now he kind of gets at me like, oh, so you can't call that a lot. I'm like, you right. I deserve that because I've really got into him. But it's also me being the younger brother and being hurt and being like, you weren't there. Like I had yeah. to learn how to, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever yeah. the thing is that you need from your big brother, like the, you know what I'm saying? The approval or the, 
I don't know, teach me how to shave, whatever it is, or asking questions about girls. Like he wasn't there. So I had to navigate those spaces as a teenager and then a young adult. So like when I do see him now or when I, uh, when I do talk to him, you know what I'm saying? It's always usually a long conversation of us, like just talking about the past and like trying to process and like, you know, so it's like a tear up conversation. And then like, we, you know, we get hopeful about the future and like just trying to rebuild, but like, we talk sporadically, so I got to do better with, with communicating with that. You know what I'm saying? But, um, just very eye opening, you know what I mean? Like to, um, share that space with him. Cause I'm, I'm like a full grown adult now. You know what I'm saying? I'm 36. He's like 42, 43 or something now. And like, even the last time I went home for a uh, during Super Bowl weekend to go to a Lupe concert that I had bought tickets for before the pandemic. And it just happened this, well, not this year, last year. Because uh, it kept getting delayed and pushed back. And I usually stay with a friend who lives in Brooklyn, but it was Valentine's Day weekend or something like that, as well as the Super Bowl. So he was with his fiance, who's now his wife. Um, so he was like, Yeah, I'm kind of not. You kind of can't come to the house. I was like, All right, bro. So I had to hit my brother, like, I'm going to be in town this weekend. Can I crash? He was like, Yo, what are you crazy? Of course you could crash. You're my brother. Like, yeah. pull up on me. And then, like, it's always like when I see him, like, we have these like eight hour conversations because yeah. we don't, like, I might call him once every two or three months or something we talk for a little bit but like when i actually physically see him we just like talk yeah, yeah. talk so i'll get there like at four and we'll talk to midnight and then go to sleep and then i wake up in the morning and talk a little bit and then i'll bounce or whatever and it's always like a little bit more healing every time you know what i'm saying for sure so yeah yeah it, it hits a little different so. yeah and you know that's so important dog like me and my brother i only have one brother and so we had a falling out for 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 a while bro for like a good it might have been a good like seven, eight years. Like when I was in the church. Yeah. Like, cause I just, like when I first got in there, I was a hothead, bro. I was like telling everybody they needed Jesus. Like, I was like, yeah, everybody's gone. And I was just like, wow. Isn't and, it wild how, like, I'm a, I, I got to let you finish that though, but yeah. isn't it wild how, like, cause when you said that, I thought about that, cause like, you know, people know me now as a host and like I MC and stuff. But like when I was like, just getting on the scene, I was gung ho like Christian rapper. Like I'm literally getting on the stage, like <laughs> giving honor to God. Yo, shout out to my pastor everywhere. Like I'm in the bars, the lounges. Like yo, praise God. Like really, that's how you go hard. That's how you say introduce myself, really? bro. Like yo, my pastor is Dr. James E. Jones. I go to Grace Fellowship. <laughs> what up? What up? What up? You know what I'm saying? And like that evolution oh. over time to where like I don't necessarily do that anymore, but like I demonstrate the love through what i'm doing and how i move you know what i'm saying but like yeah yeah that gung-ho-ness at first Bro. like you kind of be punching people in the face and people don't need to be punched in the face with it nah. they just need to be shown an example that's you know it. what i mean yeah yeah but, and yeah, that's I'm how sorry. i played it with my brother bro and i was like i was like just saying all kind of crazy stuff and he didn't talk to me for like good eight nine years bro then when i left and i, I resigned from that and i'm kind of just left all together like we reconnected and like so now it's been the same thing that you and your brother's dealing with every time we talk it's like you know we just share these stories and these memories about things that happened and and we 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 like process we get to like process a lot of that stuff together yeah. you know what i mean because when you look back on it man like some of the trauma we didn't know it was like we didn't know that's yeah. what it was you yeah. know what i mean but now like you're getting older and you're like yo so man, we'll have these conversations, listen. bro. And I'm just like, man, I can't believe that that happened or, you know, this, like, how did it make you feel? You know what I mean? I think it's bro, important. Man, you, yeah, man. 
I feel all that. I feel myself getting a little teary thinking about it. Yeah, it's real. Like, uh, just things that you go through collectively. You know what I'm saying? Like the collective experience. Like we were both there. We saw it, but it's like we different ages and at different places, so you experience it different. Like yeah. I was the baby. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm just eat my Cheerios and not thinking, <laughs> not you know what I'm saying, so to speak, on, not yeah. thinking of it, but like you, yeah. he's really getting the brunt of it or seeing a larger perspective of it and like now as adults, as grown, we both grown, he's telling me like, nah, man, you you was there, but this is how I really, you know what I mean? And I'm like, word? Like, oh man, I never never thought about it like that or I never looked at Ma like that. I didn't know she was this or that like that or, you know what I'm saying? And so um, it's, it's very eye-opening to talk with your older siblings at, at an older age as an adult and really be able to, to dig deep in how they felt or what they were seeing at the time and, like, almost kind of trauma bond about it, even though you shouldn't really be bonding over trauma, you know what I'm saying? But it's, but it's hard not to when you yeah. experience it in the same, you know what I mean? It's, it's almost like I feel like I, I need it, though, because uh, not that I need the trauma bond, but I need the bond the bond period to reestablish the bond or like to feel connected to, to him or to them. You know what I'm saying? But, um, we just happen to do it over trauma. That's not always the best thing, but it, but it happens and it's natural to happen. And that's not a slight to who raised us and how we were raised, but what happened happened and we experienced it. We lived it. And so I have to be able to talk to somebody about it when I do choose to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I, I think, Overall, like I think it's some, and I feel myself getting triggered like that. That we still have the capacity to love and to try to be decent people. I feel it come. I'm sorry, but like that, I have the capacity to love and that I have the capacity to hold space for other people and to show them love and to live this life where I'm trying to be a positive influence. Like. It's crazy to me because I feel like I should be angry all the time. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I, I want to, I'm, I am angry sometimes when I really think about stuff. Like, I feel cheated. Like, yo, I could have been this person had I been nurtured or loved in this way. Or if I would have had the support at that stage, that critical stage at this point, and I didn't. And so now I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm mad. Yeah. And so I'm walking around with that. But at the same time, I'm hosting these mics and providing these spaces for other people and they're coming in with their issues and their brokenness and I'm I'm like, nah, you could lead out all at the door because you're welcome here and I need yeah. you to experience this and I need you to feel this. But really it's me just like actively practicing giving away the love that I want to receive or that I wish that I had received. So like that's what's keeping me afloat. You know what I'm saying? The fact that I can actively practice this love thing and like not be bitter or not be angry, you know what I'm saying? For the most part, until I those moments when I'm truly alone and I'm sitting and I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, man, this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think though, what's important about that too is that you know it shows like maturity in the fact that you have the choice, like you can be angry. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think back on the way that and the things that I experienced growing up and I'm like, yo, there's no reason that like it, it gives me every, I was just talking to my brother about this. Actually, I was just talking to my brother about this when we were at, at home for Christmas. And I, I told my brother, I said, look, like I know things weren't perfect. You know what I'm saying? But if we really wanted to, 
our lives could have played a whole different trajectory. Sure. If we would have, if we would have seen like the stuff that we experienced, like some of us experienced when we was growing up and then take that and be like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm just going to let all this anger out. You yeah. know what I mean? Imagine some of the roads that we yeah. could have been down. I was sitting there talking to my parents and I was like, man, I don't think you guys understand like what we, like the road we could have went down. Yeah. You know, I, 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 figuratively weep for the person that I think I could have been had I had that support and that love. Like I, I know I see in some of my friends' parent, uh, relationships with their parents and just how they move, like the difference between growing up in love and growing in survival mode. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's not to say that we weren't loved, but I definitely grew up in a space where it wasn't vocally expressed all the time. And I wasn't necessarily hugged, but like, the love that I was showing was, yo, you got food on the table, you got clothes on your back, you got roof over your head type. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it wasn't. But I'm a, a soul and a spirit that needs the the Nurturing hug and the, and, yeah, yeah. the nurture. But yeah. it was very like, you know Just, what I'm saying? Yeah, and and like the parenting style at the time was like, you know what I mean? Like it was very one size fits all. And I don't think that was fair to to me personally, but to everybody, some people needed that tough love. I feel like my mom just, she was doing the best that she could. And I had a, that's a whole separate thought that I need to come back to that. Like the other day I was just like, our parents were young once and they were people and out and like giving them grace for that. And yeah, you know, like that was the whole thing I was diving into, but like I had to just like really, um, I lost the thought getting on the other thought, but I just really had to like just sit and think about it. But yeah, I just, I get angry sometimes thinking about who I could have been and who I should have been. Like I was, and my aunt said it to me one time. She was just like, Q, I just knew you was going to be the doctor in the family and you was going to do this, this and this and be great. And she was like, I'm not taking away from who you are right now and like how you still managed to make something of yourself, blah, blah, blah. But she was just like, yo, I don't, I don't think you were, nurtured the way you should have been or pushed the way you should have been to to get where you needed to go and i like i think about that all the time man it haunts me it haunts me like it haunts me bro but here's my thing though number one here's my thing right first off you're only like this is just my my thinking on it right and, and just to kind of like like just be on the outside kind of looking in kind of a little bit you know what i mean so number one like you're only 36 <laughs> Right? right, so I'm 36. Circle that back I'm around. Not Thanos, bro. Nice we're man. we're like we're so young. We're so. I was just listening to a thing the other day that said <clears throat> Samuel L. Jackson didn't start acting until he was 40, bro. Right. Yeah, I saw 40? that. I saw that. I'm like, what in the world? So I'm looking like, cause that that was my thing. Cause my thing is like with what you're saying, I think sometimes like I think about the pressure that I put on myself mm. to be somebody that i thought that i was supposed to be but it wasn't based on like who i really wanted to be it was based on like everybody else's expectations so you know like even like with my own parents like it's like they have an expectation of what they think that my life should look like because they're my parents right, right. but at the same time it's like i can't live off of that facts like and i can't i can't i can't give that that much weight because it just puts unnecessary pressure on myself. You know what I mean? <sighs> that, but I also feel like, um, well, the way I grew up anyway, like, um, my mom was, 
I was a mama's boy. I was definitely the baby until, you know what I'm saying, she adopted kids that were younger than me. And so, like, I was always the person that, like, I could take it from anybody, like, at school or whatever. You can say whatever you want, and it'll roll off my back. It might sting a little bit because, you know, words, whatever, we kids. But, like, if my mom says something to me, like, crushed. Like, that yeah. was law. Like, it was, oh, I'm disappointed in you. I'm done for the day. Like, yeah. oh, my God. You know, I, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so... And we would get into it and be verbally sparring. And she was just say something like, and so over time I built this armor and this defensiveness to where like, yo, you're not going to hurt me with your words. Or I'm going to go for the juggler first and like cut the deepest so that like you can't come back and have an attack back. Like I'm going to say the most hurtful thing now so I can kill this art, this, this conversation and walk away. Cause you're yeah. not going to hurt me. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like yeah. a lot of stuff, like, how do you think that's impacted your life? Like being like, oh uh, man, it's, it, I recognized it early, but it still took me some time to to deal with it and try to shake it. It's still in there somewhere, but it's it's relatively um, minimal now. But between that, like feeling like I I still have the arm, I'm still very defensive and sensitive, um, but I don't necessarily like try to like just go for the juggler or kill kill it when I'm talking. But but there was a time like it was that negative piece. And then it was also like, I would crush like your dreams, like, because my dreams were constantly being crushed. Like whenever I got excited about something, I'll come on, ma, this happened. Da, da, da. And she'd be like, well, that's not going to work. Like every time, like, like never Dang. gave me room to like, try to it and try fail it and at it. Like she yeah, just yeah. tell me from jump. And in hindsight now, and also haven't had that conversation maybe once before it went, turned left and went sour. Like it's her trying to him her wisdom like I could see seven steps ahead of you because I've been here and did it already but the presentation just was crushing you know what I'm saying like yeah, don't yeah, just yeah. tell me out the gate like that's not gonna work like maybe provide a solution be like alright go go left Try, here instead yeah. of making a, you know what I'm saying let me make the mistake but like give me the wisdom but to just be like nah it's not gonna work like I used to do that to people like you know what I'm saying not even realize this might be like yo but Q, here's the more important part you used to probably do it to yourself though Oh yeah. So then that's the thing, right? Is like how much time you got? <laughs> how much time you got? My yo, if yeah, I had a hundred dollars for every time I doubted myself or talked myself out of a blessing or doing something because I'd be a bajillionaire. Like I I literally struggle with feeling inadequate or feeling like I'm not enough. Yeah. And that is a result of that. Like like I was the honor roll student. I was in the honor society. I I was I taught Sunday school. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had all the big parts of the Easter recital. I yeah. did all the right things, but it just seemed like it was never good enough. Or like it, my accomplishments and things that I did were bragged on over the phone with her girlfriends, but never said to said me to like you, "I'm proud yeah. of you" type yeah. stuff. So it would be like, "Girl, you know, he just made a uh, he just made a national honor society. I gotta buy him a new suit or something." But like never to me, like maybe two or three times I might be able to remember in my life. She's like, I'm proud of you. And maybe one of those times it was written down or something. It wasn't said, you know what I'm saying? So like, um, this is what I'm coming from. But I'm literally living a life where every day I'm talking to people like, yo, you doing your thing. I'm proud of you. Like, keep yeah. going, keep going. Yeah. But like the yeah. the, but the, the little the, me inside yeah, is yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. who was doing you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Antoine Fisher, like who's gonna cry for the little boy? Like I'm, I'm out here. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make the most of it and like, and, and live it. So, 
yeah, I didn't plan on coming on this thing and getting all like <laughs> in my business and hey, emotional, happens, but though, like, that's yeah, happens. you, that's what uh, happens. putting me in that, in that space, bro. Yeah. I feel I, like we keep talking, uh, I'm going to really shed a tear on this joint. Yeah, for and sure. And then we got to cut. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all, I'm out of here. I'm so sorry. Ah. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever talked to your mom about that? Like, have you ever like, like confronted her about it? Not confront, but like brought it up. In real life, I feel like when I was in like my mid twenties, I confronted it a little bit, and I was like aggressive. I was, I might have been, it might have been a little bit from a place of anger, like, anger, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, "Yo, all of us got issues, and you're the common denominator." I, I remember saying it like that. I was like, "Yo, like, depressed, we depressed, we got anxiety, we got this, we got that. Like, the common denominator is you. Like, how you feel about that?" And she was just like, "Get out of my face with that, like." I did the best I could. I was raising all of y'all by myself until, you know what I'm saying, I got married, da, da, da. And in hindsight, like, she did do the, like, you know, again, going back to that thought, our parents were young. They, they were doing what they could do at the time. But, like, some so of it wh- just still wasn't right. You know what where I'm was your dad in all of this? Like, was he? So, but your dad was, like, your Okay, so dad, so right? I was adopted. Yeah. Um, when I was adopted, my mom, my mom that adopted us, she was a single woman at the time. Um raising kids in the foster care system uh, we would have she quote unquote like I guess kept us or adopted us like officially but there would be kids that passed through so I would have a brother for half a school year or for the summer or or just kids that were transitioning to the next space so like um, but there were a group of us that she kept and then like you know when people age out or they move on or whatever like she might get another one or something I don't know Again, I was young. In hindsight, when I talked to my brothers and sisters, and this is no slight to her, and I mean no disrespect, but like when I talked to my older siblings, they're like, yo, she was doing it for the the funding, you know what I'm saying? Or the bread or the da 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 whatever. But you know what I mean? Um I can't even remember what the question was because I started thinking about all these things. But yeah. um yeah, that's that's kind of how it was. So like like I said, like we were I guess lucky quote unquote enough to be adopted and then you know I would have temporary siblings or whatever and that was kind of like the model we grew up on like and what we experienced so like passing through that uh lens and looking at life I think for a long time it was something that like um I think up until like probably like I was an adult like in my 20s like it was something that like I was ashamed of like I didn't speak about like my closest friends knew it but like I guess just observing and being a friend to somebody like some of them knew like nigga excuse me I'm sorry like yo we we knew you was adopted this whole time bro like we we see you got different brothers every year we see you got a sister this year like come on son yeah but um but uh you know I'm saying like even still like the ones that didn't know like yeah tell them but like it was very like close to the chest like didn't speak about it like what happens in this house type thing but I mean, like as an adult, it, it uh, I, I got to a point where I was just like, all right, like it's nothing to hide from. Like it happens. If millions of people are adopted every day, blah blah blah. We all have our experiences, for better or for worse. But um, yeah, that was kind of the experience. I lost track of what the question was. No, but... no, no. You good? Yeah, you, you pretty much touched on it, man. Because I was just kind of curious about what that. No, I was, I was, I was, I was talking about um your dad being in there and you were just ah. explaining about so yeah, yeah she was single when she was ado- when she adopted us and like maybe a, uh, I think I was adopted when I was like four and maybe around like I don't know somewhere between four and like eight or nine she got married um, to this man he was a very kind man called Mr. Martin 
um they got married maybe it was a little bit later than that it might have been nine or ten i don't know somewhere between five and ten they got married and then it was a two-parent household but before that she was just solo dolo with mad kids in the house like but she was doing her thing she was making it work um and um but he was a quiet man didn't talk much i worked 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 to the bone and then he would come home and like be in his little office space she'd bring him up dinner on a tray eat i was sitting there and watch the news which goes back to the journalism yeah because i would watch the nightly news with him i remember even when september 11th happened like sitting on the couch with him and watching the news with brian jennings like i said so like yeah. that was kind of part of the thought process like oh, i want to do journalism because yeah. like i'm watching the night of the news with my pops you know what i'm saying so to speak um, oh so do you think that that's why you wanted to do it was because this was something that he liked and you thought that it would kinda... not necessarily <laughs> that he liked it i enjoyed writing yeah yeah period like i enjoyed writing and but watching the news with him probably made me think I could be on television doing it. You know what I'm okay, saying? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And be a okay. face on television, but I generally enjoyed writing. Um, and I, like, excelled that I always had high marks in English and stuff and, like, won, like, a couple of writing, creative writing things, like, in elementary or middle school. So it was, you know what I'm saying, a derivative of that, that, like, I probably wanted to do journalism. But yeah. yeah. But, yeah, he's a quiet man, didn't say much, like, could bark when he needed to. Um, I mean, I'm talking about him like he's not a lot. He's still a lot. But um, could bark and get on you when he needed to, but rarely did it. And, like, um, could sing. Like, quiet, man. Soft voice. But, like, he's from, like, North Carolina, like, in the country. So, like, he got that deep baritone. Like, <laughs> we'd get in church and, like, yeah. blow it down. I used to, you know what I'm saying, a couple of times I would go to his church because we went to a different church like he was baptist we went to like church of god in christ but like i would visit and i'd be sitting in the pews like yo that's my dad <laughs> yo he blazing that solo like stop playing like you know yeah. what i'm saying like proud moment like that but that's like cool. quiet man but like um i mean he, he came into a situation where the woman had a bunch of kids and he he loved all of us you know what i'm saying like yeah. equally and like um it was cool he was cool he is cool and um it was wild because, like, when he came around, I just remember that being a time period where we started getting name brand stuff because he was the manager at Champ Sports. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So before How old that, were you at that time? It was probably, like, middle school, like, seventh, eighth yeah, grade. Probably yeah, eighth grade-ish. Yeah, yeah. grade. Like, they was dating before that, but they got married around right before seventh grade. Because, right, nah, they got married. I don't know. They got married when I was either late elementary or early middle school. So are they but, still together? Nah, they divorced, um, like, a while ago. And that's another layer to things, because I, I haven't really told too many people this out loud, but, um, man, I feel like I'm going to get choked up. But, like, my brother, my, I was talking to my sister-in-law on Instagram, and she said that my brother was like, that my mom might be experiencing early onset dementia. Really? Yeah, and I haven't said that publicly, so it's wild I'm saying this. But, like, I spoke. she called me the other day out the blue. And, like, knowing that now, like, thinking about the conversation, how she couldn't recall things, I'm like, hmm. Like, it's almost like it, like just a regular, like, oh, I can't think of that person's name right now type thing. But, like, I'm also like, maybe it really is what it is. Um, and I'm also losing my train of thought again of what I was trying to get to the point. I have a habit of, like, talking around the story to get to the point. But we're going to get to it. Though. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So but you yeah. said that they, they, she, called, she called and she said about the early onset. 
Yeah, yeah, but it was something before that. I was saying I was, that we were was, talking about they divorced. Yeah, they yeah. divorced, and she she was on the phone talking to me like, you know, me and dad divorced, and I was like, yeah, that was like five, six, seven years ago now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But she's like, we're calling it like it's fresh or something. You know what I mean? So it's just it's a lot of things are hitting different, and like that's kind of been something I've been walking around with for because it's been like two or three weeks now that I've had that knowledge. But like our relationship is bent or like not very non-existent so like it's a part of me that's like numb to it you know what i'm saying but i feel like i should be very much like oh oh my mama you know what i'm saying but like i'm not gonna say i don't care but i'm also like because of everything that we've been through leading up to now i'm just like man that's unfortunate yeah you know what i mean yeah. but it's a part of my heart that's like trying to work towards feeling that out and being able to like you know what i mean like i had a conversation when i was like yeah i'm gonna come see about you um soon you know what i'm saying and she was like okay but i think i was mentioning all that because like she was saying that they were divorced she's like you know me and dad divorced. i was like yeah no or like she didn't remember that we spoke maybe a month ago or something right. for the first time in a long time because or even that we spoke we spoke like like a month ago maybe for a little bit but the last time i spoke to her before that was like july or something and the last time before that was like years. I don't know. But that's another story too. But I just, I had to learn, I had to break that relationship off because it was toxic and it was, I was causing me to be depressed. I tried to make it work. I I did. I, I felt like I wasn't being met in the middle. Like I was making a supreme effort to try to repair it, but she was very stuck in her ways. So I, I had to walk away to better myself. But, um, man, I lost it again. But she was just, <laughs> um, she was just recalling things like I didn't know. And I was like, we spoke because, um, Last year for Mother's Day, the homie um, Donald Hurdle and um, Ashley Felder, they go to Grove Church in in Portsmouth, and the church was doing a Mother's Day presentation, and they were filming like a cipher, like a Mother's Day cipher, and they asked me to be a part of it. And so I wrote a verse from for it, but I wrote it from – I wasn't going to lie or sugarcoat it. Right, right, right. I, I wrote it from a broken relationship-type perspective. Yeah. And I was like, yo, is this cool? And they was like, yeah, tell your story. And I did it. And I, I inboxed it to her on Facebook in in May when it happened or whatever, but she didn't see it until like July. You know, par older parents are not tech savvy like that. So she, <laughs> when she saw it, she called me and we spoke in like July or August or something like that. And then I just spoke to her kind of recently and she called me and like she was trying to recall it. She was like, can you send me that link so I could watch it again? And I was like, I inboxed it to you. And she didn't remember that. Yeah. And like um, that like hurt a little bit, but like, the fact that she remembered enough to want to see it, I'm like, I'll find a link or I'll make a link. I was like, I'll put it on YouTube so that I, I can have the link and I'll send it to you so you can watch it. And um, I don't know. That's just, I'm, I'm trying to deal with it. Like I, and like I talked to some of my friends that know me from childhood that grew up and know that I have this turbulent relationship. And I was like, yo, am I bugging that? I don't feel nothing. Like, and they were like, nah, you're not bugging, bro. Like, you're not bugging. And so, um, yeah, man, it's just, yeah. it's just a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's a lot, man. And you know what? I think life can be like layers like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like where you start kind of peeling that back. I don't know. I don't think it's like you said. I don't think that you're I don't think you're bugging out about it. I don't think that. You know, if you just look at it, I don't know the whole story. You know what right. I'm saying? So I can't like. And even saying that, my mind is it goes like having shared all this, like, and it's going to be on your podcast, and I'm doing a live that mm -hmm. I might or might not save. But like, 
the adage of like what happens in this house stays in this house or like yeah. don't be telling my business in the street or like but like yo we also have to tell our own stories and yeah. i'm experiencing this in real time and i'm allowed to feel these things and like i don't have to shut up about it like you know what yeah. i mean like yeah yeah but like and it's kind of therapy though because yeah. it's like you know you work it out because what I realized, man, is a lot of times when we have these situations, they're just swimming around in our head. Exactly. And it's just like in there and it's just all in there. And until you start like talking about it and then understanding, okay, this is why I'm feeling like that. Or this is why I'm experiencing it. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't, uh, dang. Yeah. That can be tough, bro. Yeah. That could be tough, man. Hmm. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, I no, think, uh, um... I think it's, it's important to, you know, to be able to share that and just be safe. Yeah. With it, man. And again, like it's wild. Cause my brother was like, Oh, my sister-in-law was telling me that my brother-in-law was like, yo, we think Ma has early onset. Like she's showing symptoms. Like, he was like, yo, she fell down a couple of times at Thanksgiving and she was kind of like really mean to everybody. And I was just like, word. And it's wild. Cause I haven't been home for Thanksgiving in forever. I went home for Thanksgiving, like three before the pandemic, like maybe, 2018 or 19 mm-hmm. for like the first time in like a decade you know what i'm saying just because our relationship was what it was and so as a result of our relationship like that was being like that like i just stayed away from the family period because she's the the matriarch you know what I'm saying? or whatever yeah. you want to call it so she's like the main centerpiece like can't just come around and be like yo what's up everybody because yeah. i'm gonna run into you like i'm gonna mm-hmm. have to speak so i was like i'd rather just not you know what i mean and so that was a whole experience in itself and like I, I just remember, like, of course, her and my mom, or her and my dad divorced or whatever, but they're still cool to some degree. So she, we're, we're at his house or apartment or whatever for Thanksgiving, and like I'm sitting on the sectional, and I'm at the edge of the section, at the edge of the sectional that's right by the door. So everybody walking through the door, I'm the first person they see. So everybody's like, oh, snap, cute. Yeah. Da, da, da. We dapping up, hugging. She comes through, she's like, oh my God, my son is home. Word, really? <laughs> and we hug and like, I, <laughs> she's like crying on my shoulder. I'm like, come on, dog. This is a new, just a new hoodie. Like, yeah. but um, I just remember like trying to hold like my newborn nephew and like avoid all the conversation because I, I, I could feel her like boring a hole in my face, like when to yeah. talk, and I'm just like, nah, I'm just hold this baby right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> chilling with my nephew yeah, the whole yeah. time, and so um, is it because you didn't want to talk? You didn't want to talk to her? Or it was. Just what? I just. I kind of did use the baby as a shield. I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna hold you. But it was also just like, yo, like, I'm here. Like, let that be enough for right now. Like, let's not overwhelm it. Like, yeah. we spoke briefly. Like, we had a couple minutes of conversation. I, I did talk to her, but like, sometimes you just know your parents are gonna bring up the same conversation because, like, it will always be a thing. Like, uh, what are you up to? Where you working? Are you back? Did you ever go back to school? Did you do this? Did you do this? And so, like, rather than hear the disappointment or hear that, you know, you're not pleased or you don't like what I'm doing now. I'm just like, let's just not talk about it. It's Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. yeah no, meeting my baby nephew for the first time in person, like since he was born and like I feel everybody's you. here. I haven't been here in a long time. I just want to eat some good food. And like, like it was a lot just for me to be there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Cause even then I had memories of like the time when she kicked me out and I came home for Thanksgiving and didn't feel welcome. And you know what I'm saying? Like all these feelings are rising up in my in my stomach and in my mind, and I'm like, yo, if you act up today, I'm out. I'm calling yeah, yeah. a lift, or I'm just have my brother take me home. Like, I'm yeah. not doing this. So, yeah. like, be cool before I run out of here. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? And yeah. like, so 
I don't Dang. know. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A lot. That could take a lot. But man. again, the capacity to still love and to still be joyful and to still hold space, provide space for other people is crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever your life is, like, we all been through something and we still had a capacity to love and to do great things and to do wonders beyond our imagination, like, in spite of when you yeah. should be like that. That blows my mind. And that's. Shout out to God. Like, I don't even understand it sometimes, but I just be like, yo, thanks, man, that you still allow me to be a light because, man, I want to break something or shout, yeah, scream, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, a lot yeah. of days. So, yeah. What do you think? What do you think right now in your life with experiencing all of that, going through those different things? You know what I mean? Like, learning how to navigate through that. Where do, what do you think your purpose as a man is right now? <laughs> Um, uh, I definitely think my purpose is tied to or wrapped up in being a servant, um, of the people, definitely of the culture. Um, I just want to help as many people as I can along the way. Um, whether it be through providing the platforms that I do with the things that I do, or just like being an example or just showing somebody like, Hey, this could happen to you, but you could still, you know what I'm saying? Get through it and still do something dope. And so I just think my purpose is to serve ultimately. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. That's, that's the good. like most simple way I can put it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And that's, that's clear. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think that that's really clear because I've been thinking about purpose a lot lately, especially like as a man, like I, I went through a season over the last like five, six years where I just didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Like I was just. And that's honest. Flown. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I was just like, and I felt like, first off, I never had experienced that in life before. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause like when I left, <coughs> bless you. Thank when you. I left and went to the military, it's like, they tell you like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is the, you know what I mean? And then when I was in the church, like I knew my role I knew what position I had to play. And then just being in a space where, like, I was like, yo, I don't know what my purpose is supposed to be. But that's that's honest for real. And, um, and like, even though I say, like, yo, my purpose is to be a servant, like, that's, like, a general thing. There's something – there's a specificity to purpose that I think we have to find. Um, I think I'm still in pursuit of that. I know that it's derivative of being a servant. Um, But maybe I don't necessarily know, like, to the T – but in that, in the not knowing, I think there's a relevance to taking a given direction and walking it and seeing what happens and figuring it out as you go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to just standing still and be like, well, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like sometimes you have to take a, a given like initiative to be like, all right, well, let me, you know what I'm saying? I think my purpose is to serve. All right, well, let me serve my community and the culture through being active in the community by doing, by holding space and creating space through these open mic platforms or these community platforms that I'm on or a part of or volunteering for, or, you know what I'm saying? And being in service. So like you find, I think you find it in the, you find the purpose in the doing of the purpose. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm man, saying? Like sense. you, you might not even know what it is, but by doing, by actively pursuing a thing, you kind of find it while you're doing it. How do you, but, but then my thing is, then how do you kind of deal with that and be okay with that? Especially when, like you said, like you even mentioned growing up, 
like told like, all right, you can't do that. You can't do this. So it's like, how, how, how do you go about doing that? If you grow up in an environment that doesn't really encourage you to let the unfolding of just kind of doing kind of, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like what I'm saying? Oh, slightly. Um, I think, I think we all reach a point when you get to an age, um, as you get older, where you go and try and do all the stuff that you were told you couldn't do or that you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And so like, it's, it's the, one is the discovery of yourself and, and learning that, Hey, I actually like doing some of these things that were, I was told I couldn't do whether they're positive or negative. Hopefully they're positive, but um, you know what I'm saying? Like we're held back or not exposed to things out of fear. You know what I'm saying? Our parents are like, don't do that. You might get hurt. Yeah. You, might do you know what I'm saying? And it, it ended up being something that you're actually God given talented to <laughs> exactly, do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. you didn't do it all this time because X, Y, and Z. So um, again, we find the purpose in the doing, but it's also like that coming of age and trying new things and trying to uh, be in different spaces and see how they feel and how those spaces respond to you and how you maneuver through them. And so um, it's, it's the little bit of the the rebel in all of us or the little bit of the going against the grain or going against the things that we were told not to do. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You try, you try them at least once, you know what I'm saying? Most of them anyway. And so some of those things that should be end up being things that you're really good at or, or it's not even things that you weren't necessarily told to do is things that you might've enjoyed doing, but it wasn't supported right. by, by your family or by the, the people that you look to for the support. You know what I'm saying? Like me hosting an open mic or doing music or whatever, that necessarily wasn't supported. I was literally in chorus from elementary through high school. Yeah. Never came to a concert. Really? Never. Really? Never. Never yeah. came to one my whole time. I feel like I asked her about it. I can't remember her answer. Um, asked her about that when I when I was what, a little bit older. You know what's crazy? Why does that hurt? Because like I had the same because situation. you want to look out in the audience and see your people. Yeah, like, yeah, wait, yeah. You... yeah. I oh, had <laughs> I had an issue like that when I played because I played basketball for like one year in high school, and it was like the last game of like the senior game, like when and I was yeah. a senior. So like you know like they do the thing like where you go you 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 meet your parents in the middle of the court and then you walk to the court and I told them I was like yo I just want you to be here this one game please one time yeah yeah please, and they they, they 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 were late but I don't hold it against them man I mean it's life but nah, I just wonder I, why that, I hold that it stuff up. hurts I hold it I'm real enough to say I'm holding hey. it. Oh I just yo, always wonder why it hurts so much from you know like the third grade to the twelfth grade never. One concert, yeah. But you was when I made at National Honor Society, you was in the front row, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the stuff that you could, that was a tangible brag or a humble brag that I was accomplishing. You was there, but like, come on, yo, like a chorus concert, like everybody's parents are there, yeah, or most yeah. parents are there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you could look out in the audience to see somebody, never saw you there, like that. That adds up, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that, sure. that turns into. You know what I'm saying? As an adult, feelings of abandonment, feelings of, you know what I'm saying? Like, just different things, you know what I'm saying? And, like, uh, I, I was, man, I was in a training one time at my old job. Like, there's this thing called adverse childhood experiences. Yeah. It's a test you could take. It's, a, it's called the ACE test, adverse childhood experiences. And, like, the gist of it um, is that, like, it kind of denotes that, like, the things you experience as, an, as a child show up in your life as an adult. 
sometimes very in a physical way like you could literally have a sickness as a result of it like or like uh mental health issues or whatever like being abandoned as a child or neglected you know what i'm saying could show up as i don't know being promiscuous or you know what i'm saying being depressed or having anxiety you know what i'm yeah. saying like yeah. and so like yo you never you never showed up like you know what i'm saying i never saw you there in those spaces like but again parents doing the best they can but that's also me still trying to cape for cape for you and be like yo this was you did the best you could but like you could have came to a concert and all the you know what i'm saying like it's a spring concert fall concert like that's you know what i'm saying if you really think about it from elementary to whatever you do the math that's yeah yeah 20 yeah, 30 could've. 40 concerts or something you know what i'm saying like yeah. you could have came one dog yeah. like and the whole time i don't have a memory of looking out into the audience and you sitting there i don't i think one time my sister-in-law came um and i might have been in 10th grade because they did a they uh did a concert called the pops concert and it was like a joint you had to audition for it where you could sing a, a pop like a song from the radio or whatever and if you were good enough you got picked to perform it and like the chorus would do like the background vocals or whatever and me and my boys did um boys to Man, water runs dry mm. or whatever our harmonies were so basic <laughs> it was terrible but it was really good though too but um yeah, I think my sister-in-law came to that one to support. And I think it was either that one or, like, she came to, like, eighth grade, like, chorus concert or something. Because I think we did uh, Do You Want a Revolution and I, I auditioned for the rap part because I, I was a rapper. Of course, I got it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it might it was either one or two of those. Or it might have been both that my sister-in-law came. But my parents never, my mom never came. You know what I'm saying? Like, so just, like, stuff like that. Like, you think about it later on. Like, dang, like. You know what I mean, just one time you couldn't show up for me. Like, how do you feel like that affects you now as a man? Like, because obviously, you know, we're gonna have times where we don't we don't have anybody supporting us. You know what I'm saying? How are you able to like now process that and and kind of still, or are you still trying to figure that out? Um. If anything, uh, I've learned that like, as as a performer or entertainer or whatever you want to call it, a person that holds space, like this part of the process that you're gonna have shows where it's just you and the lights, right? But the consistency is what gets you to the point where you have the the packed room, and so maybe it's part of that has hardened me to be ready for that. Uh, I never really thought about it until you just asked that question. Um, but like, I don't know if anything, maybe it just, I don't, I can't even say that. Cause a part of me still was like, yo, please show up and support. Like I'm doing something really good. It's different than everything you've ever seen. And like, I'm really great at it. I'm probably one of the best at it. Like that I know of, you know what I'm saying? Like, please support it, please. But that's also the little boy in me. Like, please support it. Like, Please yeah. show up for me, you know what I'm saying? But like, I mean, what, what what kind of difference do you think it would make if they showed up to like your next? I'm a whole different person. Event. I'm I'm a whole different person right now. Yeah. Like again, that goes back to the conversation we were having earlier about, or the conversation I was starting about, um, love being raised in love and ver versus a survival mode. Like I constantly think about who I would have been had I had the constant support and backing. And even in that context, again, me caping and trying to stay positive about it. It's not that they didn't support. They just maybe couldn't be there in that moment. But that's me trying to, 
you know what I'm saying, mold it into a positive outlook. But like the reality is like, you know what I'm saying? It necessarily wasn't there. And so um, I just think like I see people and like it's even some of my friends that like um, are responding on on my live right now that like some of them like their parents supported everything they did. And I see the people that they are and like what they've done, like and how it makes a tangible difference. Like to me anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like even something as simple as graduating from college and like all those things, not saying that like I blame my parents when I graduated from college, but like just stuff like it just hits different when you're, when you're supported. Yeah. I have a friend uh, and I used to work for his mom cause his mom had a nonprofit organization and she's front row at all his shows. Yeah. Front row kills me every time I see it. Yeah. I never said that out loud. I never told him. Maybe I told him, but like, I'm I'm ha- I'm happy. I'm ecstatic for him at that. But like, diehard fan knows all the words to every song he writes. Yeah, he raps, sings, plays instruments, and she's there in the front row like this, going live all the time. And I'm like, every time I see it, just a little tiny choke up, like in my heart, yeah. like, damn, bro, like I couldn't hide that. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you know how you know how hard I would go, like. It's wild to me, man. But support like, is so crucial. Like with what my wife's doing right now, I'm learning that lesson of support. Like she's pursuing her music full time and doing that. And so I was like, I had to make. She was a teacher, a teacher. Yeah, she was yeah. a high school teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I'm learning because going through this process with her, I'm learning how important like support is. So like it's teaching me now. Like with my kids, I I have an eight year old daughter and a six year old son. So. I'm looking at them growing up and I'm like, all right, I have to figure out how to manage my life in a way that I can be a support for them. Cause like you said, like now it's just like, yo, I just want you to be in the front row. You ain't got like, you know what I mean? Like just be there for me. You don't even gotta be the front row though. Like just be, just be there. Yeah. If I could look up, like if I'd have just looked, I feel dang, I I, I feel like I can't say nothing when I get choked up, but I feel like, If I could have been in the the rafters or whatever the, the things that you're standing on when we're doing a chorus concert and just looked up and seen in the last row at the very back of the room, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it would have made a difference. It's a difference. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it don't even gotta be that you gotta be in the first row. Like, just be in the room and just like me knowing that you support. I saw a video on uh, Instagram of a little girl at, like her dance recital or something, and you know it's the end of the show and they they got the flowers in their hand and. She looks up and she looks around and she spots her parents in the crowd and she starts crying, but like she's smiling. She's like, you know what I'm saying? But she smiles and seems like, like that's the feel, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was like, man, I can't relate to that. I wish yeah. I could, but I can't relate to that. But this video is beautiful. But you know what I'm saying? Like to look up and to see them and to know that they're like, yeah, we got you. Hey, and they're cheering you. Like, I don't know what that feels like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I wonder how many men, there's probably a lot of men that, a lot of that, men. that deal with that. A lot yeah. of men. We just wanted you to be there or be in a room and like, that lack of support and it's not even that like but yeah but definitely for men because like you know we tend to be athletes or whatever but even if you're not an athlete even if you're doing something academically but i also feel like for me personally they showed up for academics but not for like extracurriculars i don't know but that's besides the point but like a lot of us played sports or did things so like yo you don't come to the games you don't show up for senior night you know what i'm saying like when it really counts i just need somebody to walk down so i gotta walk 
down I had to walk with the cheerleaders. I had to walk with like the cheerleaders. That's kind of a flex, too. I mean, though. it was a flex. It was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm so surrounded by cheerleaders, cool. bro. Like, cool you know what I'm saying? You know, but like half was bad. It'd have been yeah. nice to have my mom yeah, and my dad exactly, on my side. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, like, I would have preferred that for sure. Yeah, I like, I would have took that $100, yeah. $100 million times yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. Even though the yeah. cheerleaders was a cheerleader. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's support. Boy, when I was in high school, the cheerleaders was a problem, but. That's it. That's it. So, I think, I think, like, just even thinking about that, because I think it really brings up a good point is that. You know, now I feel like our responsibility as men now. So, like, all right, you went through that and you experienced how challenging it was not to have support. So I feel like even, like, why having conversations like this are important because it's, like, like as men now, we need support. Like, we For sure. we, we need, like, For sure. other people to be, like, hey – if you need somebody to to, oh, I got to, to be there or, or something like, like that, I'm yeah, around. you got it. You got to have that. You got to have that. I think it's so important, bro. I think it's really important. Yeah, and and again, that goes back to me saying like, yo, that's why I try to give away. You know, what I'm saying the love that I and support that I wish I received. I can't be everywhere all the time, but I could share your flyer. I could tell people about your event. Um, you know what I'm saying? And when I can, I could pull up actually show my face and let you know that i'm there and i you know what i'm saying believe in what you're doing et cetera, et cetera. And so try to do that you know what i mean but like how many people don't have that and like um yeah that that the whole piece about just as as men so like even uh with the space again that brenton was throwing shout out to brenton jomar the homie like the 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 beginners the black men yoga Beginner Black space, whatever yoga, you want to yeah, call yeah. call it, but like that space, like um, it's not so much like the aspect of having the parent in the seat, but like looking around and seeing other brothers in in your similar age range or context, like that's the support. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, yo, we could show up, we could show up for each other. We just have to be mindful of it and actively practice it. Like, yo, you're my brother. I'm gonna be there. Yeah. I told you I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there. Or like, yo, I'm a um. I can't make it, but I'm going a, I'm to a pay for a ticket and pay for somebody else to go. Or, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to let people know so they could come to your event or come to the yoga joint. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to invite five people. Even if I don't make it, some of them are going to show up. On, you know what I'm saying? And representing. Um, we have to um, continuously hold space for each other as men. And, like, yo, I've been meaning to make a status about that. Like, yo, some brothers have showed up for me and, like, dope ways and not even realized that, like, um, it's a brother. His name is Daniel. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He's like Nigerian, but, um, his wife, Paula is, is the, is cool. And we go back. Um, it's wild though. Cause he hit me up to, uh, when he was going to propose and he was like, yo, I heard you the man that knows, you know what I'm saying? Where to find people or whatever. And he was like, yo, I need a guitar player. Cause I'm going to propose to shorty in front of the narrow, the cinema. And I sent him a friend that played a guitar. Um, and he did it and they, they're married now, but I went to another friend's, another guy on another brother's show. Um, he hosts a writing workshop at this coffee spot on 21st and 24th street. And I went and I ran into Paula and I, and I ran into the guy to her husband and he was like, y'all been meaning to chop it up with you. But like, you know, I haven't seen you in a while. I was like, yeah, I've been off the scene. I was be honest with you, like, I was depressed last summer. Like, I think I'd be having seasonal depression, da da da. But it's shifted from like the winter time, like now, the fall and the winter to like the summer. So, like, the time of year when I'm like supposed to be the most dopest, vibrant, <laughs> yeah. it's shifted to the summer. And I've literally missed like the last two summers being in my room, like, oh, literally, really? literally, like, shut down, lost mad weight, Damn. wasn't working, like, just getting by on grace, like, yeah. disgusting. And so, 
it was I, that was like one of my first times like starting to come back outside or whatever. And he was like, "Yo, I haven't seen you around, but I've been meaning to chop it up with you." He was like, "Yo, come to my house for dinner after this." I was like, "Word." So I left with them. He didn't live too far from there. Uh, him and his wife cooked up a little dish. Like they just threw something together. It was delicious. <laughs> and yeah, like, Nigeria, yeah, yeah. yeah, like we sat at the table and bro, like really was just asked me about myself and we were trading, you know, sharing space, but also trading stories about our experiences. And he's yeah. telling me how, you know what I'm saying? He came over from Nigeria and he's been here dolo, like, you know what I'm saying? As a citizen now and like just getting his stuff together and like trying to, you know, maybe possibly send for his parents and da 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 like and I'm sharing like how's adopted and how I grew up like this and like not even realizing that like bro's holding space for me like to just yeah. decompress yourself, and to share yeah. my story and like I'm telling him like yo because he's like yeah I hadn't seen you and I'm like yeah I was wild depressed I was like working through it I'm trying to you know it's my first time coming out I, I just came to support the homie link today like you know what I'm saying because I ended up getting up and performing like it was a writer it was like the one year anniversary of his writing workshop and um people that have been going to the workshop for the past year were sharing their stories or their poems or whatever. And I was just like, well, I wasn't going to do anything, but I was like, you know, I was moved by people's um, presentations. I was like, yeah, I just want to leave a, a offering of some sort and share, share myself. And, you know, that ended up opening whole conversations with people because the piece that I did opened up conversation. And like, that's what made him be like, yeah, I want to chop it up with you. And like, bro, hell space for me. And I ate at his table and we broke bread and it was, it was beautiful. And like, I ended up um, just walking away with a better understanding of him and like that experience. And then like a couple of weeks ago, um, it was the anniversary of uh, one of my older brothers passing. Uh, he passed on January 4th, 2007. And around that time, that week, it might've been that specific day or around that week, um, like if I go to an open mic around that time, I have a song that I wrote for him and I perform it just to put his name in the air to remember him and all of that. And I got to this open mic too late to do it, but I like, they let me freestyle at the end of something. So I said his name in a freestyle, whatever. So I was pleased with that. You know what I'm saying? Cause I was like, yeah, I just wanted to put his name in the air. Cause like, you know, people are alive as long as you continue to remember them, or at least that's what I believe. So uh, I didn't get a chance to perform the song, but anyway, my boy T friend and P I, I was catching the bus home after the open mic, like at midnight or something. And, um, he was like, yo, you could have called me. I would have given you a ride, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the point was that he was like, I was telling him I didn't get to perform the song because I think I had made a status about it. Like, yo, my brother passed away today in 2007. And like, he's the reason why I rap and do hip hop because he introduced me to De La Soul and Tribe and all these things like growing up in the early 90s in New York, in New York, in Long Island. And so I was like, I didn't get to perform the song to honor him, da, da, da. And he was like, do it right now. And I was like, Bro, I'm on a bus. I'm not about to start rapping on the bus. It's me and like one lady in the bus driver. I'm not about to spit on the bus. He was like, do the song. And I was like, nah. I was like, I'm about to get off the bus like in like 30 seconds though. And so I got off the bus, but I was like, I knew he asked, but I was trying to ignore him. And like, I started walking home, but we talking. He was like, do the song. And I'm like, bro, I'm walking home. He's like, so? So I literally walked home performing a song for him, but he held space for me to do that to honor my brother and to put his name in the air. And like, I didn't, um, it was wild because he called me at the 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 pre part of that story is that he called me when he saw the status and he was like, yo, I'm not trying to get mushy, but yeah, I know you lost your brother, but just know that you gained me as a brother, as a younger brother anyway. And I, I appreciate you and I look up to you and I appreciate the lessons that you taught me and da, 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 da. And like, it, I had to thank him for that. But I also was like, yo, I, I did gain a lot of brothers, like, you know what I'm saying? You and like some older brothers, definitely like people, you know, like uh, big homies, mentors or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Since I've lost him as a as a very physical brother. And so, like, um, 
he said that, and then we had a conversation, and he was like, do the song. Like, I literally was walking home and spitting a song for him while I was walking home. And then, like, you know what I'm saying? It just was like a release. So, right, like, right. the way that um, we are able to inadvertently show up for each other without even thinking about it sometimes, just in being genuine and having friendship or having bond is important, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As men, like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not always, like, some grand gesture gesture i forget how to say a word but yeah, like it's yeah. just the just being there yeah just being there just being present like yeah. and sometimes it's not even that you got to talk it's just physically being in the just space there, yeah. again like you don't got to be in the front row if you could just be in the building like that's all i need you know what i'm yeah. saying like i just need to see familiar faces and that, and that's that's something for me even when i think about that even when i'm hosting my open mic or my show or when somebody asks me to come to a space like as a featured artist or go somewhere, I'm like, yo, if y'all could pull up, please. I just need to, I literally say, I just need to see a familiar face in the audience. Not that I'm afraid to perform in front of a bunch of strangers, but you know, you'd be nervous or whatever. And like seeing that one person, you know, yeah, it hits you. solidifies yeah, yeah, it yeah. and it puts you back in your bag and yeah, then you could, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. yo, it's, you don't even got to be in the front row for me. Just be in a building. Just let me see your face. It gives me that reassurance and then I can go kill. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and do what I need to do. For sure. Wow, that's dope, man. Well, man, I think this has been good. Where we at time wise about one forty. I think we can go ahead and wind it on down, bro. It's whatever you want to do, man. Yeah, I'm, man. I'm willing to continue the conversation, but if you got to go, I think you got a lot of good, good stuff. I definitely uh, for sure. Where do you see yourself? Um, you know, at, at, at this season in life, you know, like I mentioned before, we were we were kind of talking, and you know how you said that that right now you're kind of coming out of like yeah. a season. You know what I mean. So where do you see yourself kind of what are the, what are the next moves that you see yourself making? <laughs> um the reality of it all is is that I'm going to get I'm going to do what I can with what I got. Nah, but um uh I'm very much so in a space where I, I even for example I was saying I like the words this year cuz everybody has a word for the year blah blah blah. Um is power as in, yo, let me step into my power. Like I put in the time and the effort and the energy to be, um, you know, to pretty much have an area of expertise as far as like this hosting thing and holding space and curating events. And so like, I really need to start walking in it and not like shortchanging myself or allowing people to think they could pull fast ones on me. Cause I, I've been doing this too long. You know what I'm saying? So stepping into my power and like, the other word I had was pay me. You got to pay me this year. Like, I, I've got, like, 10, 12 years in the game now. Like, stop playing. Like, yeah. I do this. Like, people rock with me. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not me tooting the horn, but I, I built the following because I've been consistent. I've been out here in these streets. I know the poets. I know the painters. I know the MCs. I know the, you know what I'm saying? And I, I bring them all together, and we create these vibes. Like, pay me for that. Like, my knowledge is, you know what I'm saying, my knowledge. Um, But uh, I'm just in a space where I'm, I need to, um, and definitely, like I said, having come come out of the space of being what I like to call under my rock, which is really a euphemism for being depressed. But um, you in your cave, bro. I call yeah, it in your cave. In my cave, under the yeah. rock. There's rocks in the cave. Same difference. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, so I'm like, I'm just in a space where I'm like, yo, right now I feel amazing. So while I I'm in this bag and I'm in this space where I feel like, yo, anything's possible. I, I need to just work while the day is the day, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. While the day is long and strike while the iron is hot. Cause I know, uh, not that I'm anticipating, but there might come a time where I feel like I have to go in the cave again. So like, while I have it, I need to work as much as possible and get it done. 
but I, I'm just in a space really where I'm like, yo, I acknowledge that like, you know what I'm saying? I have these issues or these flaws, but like, I'm really something special. Yeah. You don't know nobody like me. Yeah. You haven't seen anybody like me. Somebody with a heart like mine for people, somebody that'll serve like me, somebody that loves, you know what I'm saying? Uh, to the best of his ability and unconditionally and like really wants to see everybody win. Like there's nobody with a heart like mine and like that's moving like me and that's trying to do good and do right by people and not, you know what I'm saying? Uh, have a reputation that's ill spoken of, like, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't really say anything crazy about me or my name. And if you do, if you are out here saying it, the people that know me to the core or that know me well enough, they're going to look at you wild. Like, really q5 i don't think so you know what i'm saying so like um i'm just in a space where i'm uh i see myself scaling up operations so to speak and like taking everything that i'm doing to the next level you know what i'm saying like uh just with the the shows and the outreach and the music and uh just being able to be a blessing i think my biggest thing has always been like yo it's not even that i want to be well-known or famous for myself. I want to do it so that I can reach more people and have a greater influence and be able to uh, be a bigger blessing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, of course, I, you know what I mean? As, as a human, as a person, like, yeah, I need a bigger bag, et cetera, et cetera. But like, nah, the servant part of me or the, the servant brain in me, that's a large part of who I am or how I identify. It's like, yo, I, I need, I need the... I need the larger reach. I need the further impact so I could do more. Yeah. Because like people are like, yo, you're killing it. You're here. You're here. You're on his podcast. You're doing this. And I'm like, yo, I still don't feel like I've done anything yet or I'm not doing enough. Yeah. And I know I'm capable of greater. Like I'm capable of so much more. And like, I want to, want to die empty. Yeah. want to give it, I want to leave and be like, yo, did everything that I could do while I could do it. And I want to be able to walk off into the sunset after that, or you know what I'm saying, whatever the however the story ends, or whatever the end game is. I just want to be able to to say that like I don't have no regrets. Like I don't want to wake up and be like, man, I should have did that. And I still feel like there's probably gonna be some things that I will get old and be like, man. But it is my hope that like I really start aggressively just walking in who I am and. Um, being as much of a servant as much of a blessing to as many people as I can along the way and like holding space for people to realize that they're dope too and that they could do great things for sure for sure that's dope I like it I like it right. I like it yeah man so all right as we sign off man I know you got a lot of stuff going on in the area man like where can people find out about what you got going on oh uh, man that's a great this question great season that you're in it's a great question. I, was fine. <laughs> I said that like I didn't have an answer ready. Actually, <laughs> you can follow me at now. Um, in all honesty, uh, right now the the focus is um, the open mic I do, which is Cipher Tuesdays. Um, Cipher is an acronym for Create, Inspire, Purge, Hang Out, Express Yourself, and Rejuvenate. Been doing that since May fifth of twenty fifteen. So this May will be eight years old. Wow. Um, super proud of that longest relationship I've ever been in taught me most about consistency and holding space for people and, and made me a better host and all these things. Um, that's kind of like the launching pad for everything else that I do. Um, but 
primarily you can follow me on Instagram. I also have Twitter uh, on Twitter at Q5TV. That's Q, the number five TV. It's at the bottom of your screen right there. I'm lying. I don't know if they have graphics <laughs> on it. Ever. I guess you go put it but, um, yeah, we don't put it right there. Q5TV. Uh, that's the Twitter and the Instagram. Everything I do is in the bio on Instagram. But just in case you don't have access to either of those or one or the other, uh, Q5TV. Um, I also, like I said, host Cypher. Um, starting in February, I don't know when this is going to air, but um, starting in February of 2023, we're going to try to, I've been doing it once a month since the pandemic came back. Pre-pandemic, it was literally every Tuesday for five and a half years, um, almost six years. But as a result of the pandemic, when we started coming back outside, I've been doing it once a month. Um, but starting in February, I'm, gonna try, I'm trying to go to twice a month. So it's going to be on the first and third Tuesdays, but it's going to be in two different locations. Like I want to try to have one on each side of uh, well, not even say necessarily east side of the water, but just in like different cities. So um, February 7th, we're going to be in Portsmouth at the high on high street. And on the 21st, whatever that third Tuesday is going to be uh, at the juice bar location on Northampton Boulevard. Um, that's technically Virginia beach. Um, but you can follow to, to keep up. Well, it doesn't even matter when it is, but to keep up, up with all of that, you can follow us at cypher C I P H E R underscore Tuesdays. So again, a C I P H E R underscore Tuesdays online. And then, um, the last event that I do is a jam session once a month. Um, and the gist of that is that like, if you've ever been to the open mic, there's moments in between performers where I just let the band riff off and I kind of freestyle or sing or whatever. And sometimes I'll come out to the audience and pass the mic to somebody to sing or to freestyle as well. And basically the jam session is a whole night of that, you know, just trying to spontaneously create. But um, sometimes it turns into a little bit of karaoke as well because <laughs> yeah. everybody can't necessarily freestyle or is not comfortable enough yet. And they're still yeah. trying to get the vibe. So sometimes they'll sing something that they know, but the the, the catch is that the band is probably not going to play it how you know the song. They're going to remix it how they want to remix it. So you got to make it fit to what they're doing. Um, but yeah, it's a whole night of that. Um, and you can follow that page at Slow Jam X um, Burger Bar, uh, excuse me, 8020 BB, which is for 8020 Burger Bar. And that event is actually this Thursday night. Again, I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, this Thursday night, uh, January 26th. But um, and I also host a community open mic um, at Down and Gross Cultural Arts Center in Newport News. I do that every second Tuesday in a month. Um, it's free. It's a community family friendly open mic. Um, and it's a good time. It's free and open to the public. So basically I got you on lock for the first, second and third Tuesdays of every month. So first and third Tuesdays is Cypher. Second Tuesdays is, um, 25 mics at down at gross, which is also in my bio. And then the last Thursday of every month will be the, the jam session moving forward. That's how we trying to roll for 2023, having things already in place and knowing, you know what I'm saying? So first and third cypher, second, 25 mics last Tuesday, last Thursday of the month. Um, the slow jam, which is the jam session. And, um, is there anything else? Uh, I got a project on streaming services called five by five volume two. Um, the Brooklyn sessions, if you look up Q5, um, and you type in Brooklyn sessions, it should come up. It's like a hand drawn picture on my face, um, with the Brooklyn bridge in the background that the homie, um, Andrew drew up for me, but that's on all streaming platforms. And I'm a host for hire. If you got open mics, wedding receptions, I don't know, whatever. I am saying if I haven't done it before, I, I could still adjust and learn how to do it on the fly. And 
let's talk these prices. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation on today's show. Before I sign off today, if you're a man out there, you feel stuck, you feel frustrated, you're trying to figure out how to get into that flow, how to find your life's purpose, live in your power and live in your God-given position. And I want to invite you to Recreated Man as a community specifically for men. It's a safe space where we can learn, heal, and grow absolutely free. We have monthly check-ins, monthly challenges that we do just to keep each other accountable and help add value to our lives. I'll make sure I drop that link down in the description below. Until next time, keep learning, keep healing, and keep growing. Peace.